Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, it's so good to be in your house this morning. It's so good to rest from a week of busyness, of craziness, of wandering back and forth. It's good to be in your house together this morning. Lord, we ask even at this moment that you would quiet our hearts, that this would be sacred ground, that we might step away from the things of the week, And come and meet with you this morning, even at this moment. May your words burn into our hearts. May the worship we sing be honest worship from our hearts. And not just words on a screen. May your words from Scripture remind us who we are and who we are in you. Two very big differences. Lord, help us to be sanctified, to be closer to you, to grow in your word. Give us wisdom, Lord, to not say the things that we feel and take those to you. Those moments, Lord, when we want to lash out, Those moments when we say things we know we will regret. May you put on our hearts even this morning the importance of taking them to you. May your words be powerful because you are a powerful, mighty God who loves us so. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning we're going to go to uh, James chapter 3. 1 through 10. And there's one thing about James that I like is it's pretty straightforward when you read the, uh, his letter. You don't have to try to decipher a whole lot. He's pretty straightforward about what he's telling us. James 3.1, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that he who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Any, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses and make them, we make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or, or take ships as an example. Although they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it itself on fire by hell. 
All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word as we prepare our hearts this morning to sit around the table. As we get a chance to sit around the table, it reminds me of... uh, It was impressed upon me this morning that Jesus' broken body reflects the brokenness of the world that we are in. I... At 7 o'clock, I, I looked out the window, there was no one here, and I thought, in about an hour, people are going to start walking with their broken selves through that door. Not just to sit in a pew, not just to fill a spot, not to warm one, but to do life together in our brokenness. And I don't know about you, but that's a little bit heavy. And it reminds me that Jesus went to that cross in his brokenness for our lives. It cost him so that we could meet together. That we could have eternal life as one. His brokenness, our unity. And it's kind of heavy today. I'm not sure why, but it feels heavy today. And maybe it should, as we sit around the table, to be reminded of his brokenness and the unity we share because of that. So as you take of the bread this morning, I pray that you'd be reminded that we are united because of his broken body for us. And uh, I was reading in Isaiah. I want to read from chapter 43. I'm going to uh, skip around a couple of the verses. I'll give you the verse. In verse 1, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. And 3, he says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And 7, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created, for my glory, whom I found and made. And eleven, I am, I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. Fifteen, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. And twenty-five, I, I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. 44, 6, this is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first, I am the last, and apart from me there is no God. In 8, do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim these things and foretell it long ago? You are my witness. Is there any gods besides me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. He says this 700 years prior to Christ. 
And, and when he says, uh, did I not proclaim this long ago? This is Isaiah recording this, and it made me think, how much longer before that was that said? Here's God working out the, uh, the plan to save us, the fallen creature. And Lord, at the, and at the Last Supper, Jesus took the cup, and he said, this was my blood. And he had a new promise for us, the promise of eternal life through him. Drink it, all of you. So I don't think that any other church in the world ever has had the whole congregation stick their tongue out at the pastor all at the same time. We're talking like probably 200 people sticking their tongue out. It's got to be a world record, don't you think? People are a little less excited now. Yeah, Bobby, see, Bobby, show him, Bobby. Bobby can do it. If Bobby can do it, anybody can do it. So I think it would be fun. How, when else are you going to get the opportunity to stick your tongue out at the pastor? Really, let's be honest about this. Next week, Next week. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to make this a weekly thing. It's not going to be like, okay, everybody stick your tongue out at the pastor. Let's see how many stupid faces you can know. <laughs> this is a great opportunity for you guys. You seem less excited. Let's do it. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate your enthusiasm to stick your tongue out at me. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. So on a count of three, we're going to see if every... Now, all I'm going to say is watch your neighbors because uh, I want you to write down on your Connect card who didn't stick their tongue out. <laughs> and I will send those names to the deacon and deaconesses and they can come and visit you for not doing what you were told. <laughs> so on a count of three, we're going to do this, all right? Just go with me. It's... Do you ever, does no one ever stick their tongue out? I mean, when we were kids, that's all we ever did, right? So, count of three, all right, Bobby? You want to count down? Bobby, all right. No! Three, two, one. I didn't really take... I, my narcissistic side said, maybe I should take a selfie with 200 people who are sticking their tongue out at me. But I <laughs> so we want to talk a little bit about our tongues this morning. Ah! Right? Just so you know, there's, I got a notch right there. Because I used to run around as a kid and stick my tongue out. And remember when your mom always told you, don't stick your tongue out, you're going to bite it off? I tested that idea. And I still have a spot right there. And I was just a wee little kid. And some reason, I, I, I know you're going to have a hard time believing, I was jumping on the bed. I'm not sure why I was doing that. I was at my Aunt Karen's house. I was jumping on the bed, and all of a sudden, boom, boom. my teeth were somehow through my tongue. I still have a tongue, it's still connected, and it still works. So you can live through biting your tongue, off almost. Today we're going to talk a little bit about our tongue. And James does a great job uh, in this passage. I really do appreciate uh, James' practical approach um, and very straightforward methods of sharing uh, 
what needs to happen. And so I think I like that. He doesn't use many code words. He doesn't use like secret messages. He's pretty plain. And to some would say a little bit blunt. If you go to James 1, he says, count it all joy, what? When you face many trials, right? No one wants to hear that, and yet it's so true in our lives. We are to count it joy when life is tough. Not that easy, but really pretty practical. So today we're going to talk a little bit about our tongue. Uh, Zach, can you get me the, that there thingy up there? Thank you, sir. Y'all remember, y'all, y'all, y'all remember sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, right? This is probably a whole lot more true. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will scar me forever. Could you please throw rocks? Right? I say that, and I put that up there for one reason, because I guarantee that if I was to poll everyone in here, you would remember the moment when someone said something to you as a child or as a teenager or a young adult. Somewhere along in your life, someone has said something that has hurt you and has hurt you very, very deeply. And I'd be willing to bet, no matter how young or old you are, that you have those in your mind, and you know what? Try as we may, we can't get rid of those. And I would even go so far as to say that some of those things have affected us in the way that we treat other people for the rest of our life, or at least until today. Am I right? We have those, right? If you don't, let me know, because I'd like to... Let me know afterwards. So we're going to talk a little bit about our tongue, about the things that we say, the things that we say and how we say them, why we say them, and what God would have us to do with them. So today we're going to try, as the scripture says, this, the, tame, the tongue is not to, able to be tamed, but we're going to at least understand the things that come out of our mouth a bit better. And the first thing he tells us that we are responsible for the words we say. In verse 1, you, I, I hope you heard this. It says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you will be judged more strictly. That is not a call for you to quit teaching. That's not what that says. Not at all. What it does say is this. You need to be thinking about what you say all of us need to be thinking. Verse 2 says, we stumble and we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Not something that any of us are able to do. What James is saying is, listen, if you want to lead people, you need to work on the inside first. And he doesn't, he doesn't let just the leaders be on the hook. He says, everyone is on the hook for what they say. And everyone needs to know that what you say is a, re a reflection of what's on the inside. I told you the story uh, um, probably more than once. But there was a time when we went we did to a Youth for Christ volleyball event. And we were leaving because we lost. And my kids went across the court. And somebody uh, lashed out at them for being on the court while the other game was going on. And at that very moment, I thought I was going to knock somebody out at a Youth for Christ event. 
That, that, literally, that was like the, ins, the anger inside came out in like one second. And I was reminded at that very moment that what's inside isn't always a great, uh, a great thing and not always a representation. Uh, my words aren't always a representation of what's going on inside. We have a responsibility with what we say. We need to take responsibility for the things we have said. That means that if you have said something to someone that hurt them and you know full well that it hurt them, you need to apologize. You need to apologize for the things that you have said that you know are hurtful. Those words are strong. And maybe if we understood that a bit better, we would be less apt to say those things that we know full well will hurt someone. Take responsibility for your words. That I, I think I could do life a whole lot better with duct tape. Just saying, right? Because every time I open my mouth, I, I ask myself this question, did you need to say that? My wife sometimes is that voice. <laughs> Did you really need to say that? <laughs> She's right, right? I need to take responsibility for what we say. I want to talk a little, just a real quick about last week. And, I, and it was brought to my attention. I really appreciated that. Last week during the sermon, I said it twice. Uh, first service for sure. I can't remember second service. But last week I said during the service, I was talking about the Sabbath. And I was talking about the Jewish Sabbath. And I was talking about our Sabbath. And they're two different things. The Jewish Sabbath was a Saturday. And, I, and I, as I was saying what I was saying, I was just like blowing by it. And so I just kind of left it go. And someone called me on it. Good. I'm glad. I, I'm glad it was, I was reminded. But I want to just clear that up. The Jewish Sabbath would have been the Saturday. The Christian Sabbath, right, is our Sunday. And uh, I even got, I, I found out, I appreciate it, uh, it, that changed about 350 A.D. So that's been a long time changed. But I wanted, I was talking about the Scripture last week, uh, sa the Sabbath in the Scripture, and it was a Saturday, and I was thinking, and I said it was a Sunday because we uh, come to the Sabbath on a Sunday. And I just wanted to clear that up. Have you ever tried this? You want to try this one? <laughs> no, you don't know where, I don't have enough uh, hand cleaner and I don't know where your fingers have been, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kenny's a plumber. This should never have been done. <laughs> I wonder how often, though, we ought to try to do this in our lives. And then I ask myself this, if I hold my tongue, where do I put it out at? And I want to share with you uh, this passage because it's, it reminds me that God hears those struggles in my life. God hears those struggles, right? 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to hear their prayer. I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you that when you don't, when you make it to the point where you don't say something you want to say and it's about to make you explode, that you take it to God. I want to tell you a little uh, example that God uh, gave me a couple, couple years ago. I had a, a situation with someone. I was frustrated with them. I, 
I was trying to make it right, trying to figure out how, what I did wrong. There was this air. You ever have that time, that moments in your life where there's an air between you and someone else, and you know, it's just, it's just awkward enough to know that it's there. And you're like, okay, I got an air, and I know, I know there's something wrong. I don't know what to do with it. I prayed about it. I prayed about it, and then, of course, I do what I always do, right? I prayed about it, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to take care of this. So I prayed about it, I got on the phone, and I'm going to call this person, and I'm going to, in my best godly way, from the church office, right, because that's godly, I'm going to call this person and fix this problem. And so I call this, now remind you, I prayed, I said, God, give me wisdom what to say, help me to sort it out, help me to be honest and forthright, but careful not to hurt. And that's what I said. I, I, I literally prayed that prayer, just a, just a you know, 30-second prayer. And then I jumped on the phone, and I, and I grabbed the phone, and I said, good morning and I, to the person. And they said, good morning. And we, st- we started to talk for maybe 20 seconds. And I'm about to say uh, what's on my heart, what's, what's bothering me. Take a guess what happened. The call dropped. Literally, the call dropped. Landline to landline. We can blame Verizon if we want to. Landline to landline. I'm on the phone. I'm about to unload, right, in my godly way. I'm about to unload what's bothering me, and the phone goes dead. The call is dropped. Nobody's on the other end. I'm like... Are you there? Are you still there? Hey, hey. You know, took me about, yeah, <laughs> about 15 seconds to figure out that that was the answer to the prayer, right? Uh, God was saying, listen, uh, dude, you're not, you need to let this go and uh, be okay with it, right? So what do I do? I call him back, knowing full well that I'm not to say a peep about what was on my heart. Thank you, Lord. A dropped call was the answer to the problem I had. I looked back and I, and, I, and I was able to see it. I was able, I was like, yep, dropped call was perfect. That is what I needed. That is what I needed to know at that moment. To take responsibility and not say where my heart was at that moment. We all need to be responsible for the things that we say. Second, we need to be reminded that words carry very much power. Scripture, uh, he, uh, James gives us three examples, three illustrations. He says, the first one is a rudder on a ship. Although small, it steers the huge ship. And the, second, or the other one is a bit in a horse's mouth. And the third one was a spark that sets a whole fire, uh, sets things on fire. All good examples of our tongue and the way that it can hurt other people. There is power in the words that we say. Probably far too often that's what our words and that's how we lash out at people. I, th- I, gotta, I do have an idea though. I'm thinking that we can market it if you guys are ready to try this. You want to try this one? You guys are less excited about trying every time. You want, some of you might like this one. The little kids are gone, so it's okay. 
Don't you think, now listen, now hear me out, hear me out. Don't you think that if every married couple breathed fire when they spoke to each other, one, they would keep a little more distance, right? And two, they'd probably be a little more careful about what they said. And I wonder how often fire comes out of our mouth. How, well, the scripture says, right, deadly poison. That verse 8 says, no one can tame the tongue. It is full of deadly poison. The things we say are deadly poison. I want to share this with you. I learned this uh, two weeks ago. Does anybody know what that is? That's a ratio, exactly. Anybody know what the ratio is? Four. It's five to one. Yep, that's good. We are really getting pretty far pretty fast. Anybody have a clue? No, <laughs> no, no, not no. This is the key to a great marriage. The ratio of encouraging words to negative words or deeds in a healthy marriage. It's that simple. You don't believe me? This guy, his name is Gottman, uh, has spent 40 years studying marriages. And you know what he said? Within five minutes of meeting a couple, he can tell you with 90 plus percent uh, accuracy whether you'll stay married long term or not. That's the ratio. If you aren't saying five kind words or encouraging things to your spouse for every one, you're missing it. I'm not, I'm not making this up if you want to look it up on Google. John Gottman is his name. He's still alive. He's a marriage, the marriage guru in a lot, of, uh, a lot of circles. That is a big, big... Take a guess what, uh, take a guess what the ratio is of uh, marriages that end in divorce. It's, it's just under one encouraging, it's 0.77 uh, encouraging words for every one negative, uh, every negative uh, comment and or action. What we say is important. If you want to encourage your spouse in the faith, encourage them. So I thought about challenging you to count those, but then I thought, no, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go home and they're going to count what their spouse did, <laughs> not them. The point is this. We need to find a way to find encouraging things to say about other people. This world is dark and hard and a challenge. And we need to be different because we have faith. Let me ask you this part of the question. What's the ratio of you telling yourself what kind of person you are? What was it? Four to one. Lee tells himself four good things to one. Lee, you're going to be divorced from yourself if you don't start doing five to one. <laughs> 
The reality is this, right? We, we say a lot of negative things to ourselves. We don't think much about that because we think that's normal. We say those negative things to ourselves and then we act them out on other people. When God's word says that we are loved and created beings that reflect his image. We are image bearers. Remember, we talked about that about a month and a half ago. Omega Day. We are image bearers of Christ. We aren't, we do have sin, but we aren't bad in everything that we do. We serve a God who loves us, who knows us, and it says in uh, Psalms 139, we are wonderfully created. There is power in the words that we speak. There is power in the words that we speak to ourselves. And if you ain't got nothing nice to say, look at God's word because he'll remind you. And finally, we have a choice. You have a choice. You are not the result of someone or something or something that was said about us. In Scripture, it says, in this passage, it says, With our tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praising, praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. There is a choice for what we say. We have a choice for what comes out of our mouth. We can, in some ways, control the things that come out of our mouth. One of the things I, I absolutely love is the Philippians uh, 4 passage, and that's been like a passage in my mind for 20 or 30 years because it reminds me of this, that I can take my struggles. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and petition, make your request to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. If having to say something is what's giving you the problem, take it to God. Take it in prayer. I love the Psalms for that reason. Because I think it's so cool that the psalmists are able to take their, their genuine sense of where they are in life. I think David does a great job in the Psalms of sharing who he is when he's hurting, when he's struggling, when he's having a rough day, and sharing who he is to God and waiting for God to answer. I wonder if maybe we ought to do that a little more often. We are a broken people. We are broken people who need the love and the blood of Jesus in our lives. When I, you may or may not remember when I came in January, I talked about this being a hospital, not a museum. A hospital where hurt, injured, wounded people can come and find healing. Because our Jesus heals brokenness. 
He takes a broken body, a broken person, and he gives them new life. We call it regeneration, that nice big word. If you don't have that relationship with Christ, or you haven't sensed that God is working in your life, and you'd like to begin that today, I'd love to spend a few moments just sharing that with you this morning. There'll be a time. We're going we're gonna to pray here in a moment, and we're going to sing a song and take the offering. And I just want to offer the altar as an opportunity to come and talk about that this morning. Let's pray. Oh Lord, with our tongues we praise your name and we curse other men. May we be reminded this morning that you are a great and mighty God who loves us when we fall short. You pick us up, you're waiting at the door ready to have that relationship with us. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who might not know who you are or have experienced, they've heard about you, but they don't know who you are in their lives. Scripture says if we confess with our mouths that you are Lord, that you will come and save us. If we call you our Savior, you will come and change our lives. Lord, as we spend this few moments in, in uh, song this morning, may that be where our heart belongs. In your name we pray. Amen.